you can throw this link out live and then maybe people could join in and we'd see we'll just okay. do it past the waters. Oh but if we can we throw the YouTube link? Um yes we can. Wait a second. By the way, we've started already. Okay. So here is the YouTube link I've just sent it to you. Hello everybody, the Severe May podcast is in your life a little bit differently this week. Unfortunately, the high technical equipment that puts the Severe May podcast together uh, was not available to bring to Vegas, you know, airlines and their luggage restrictions and what have you. But through the magic of Google Hangouts, which we fell in love with earlier on this week, uh, after we had a UFC 189 prediction roundtable with myself, Sean Sheehan, Pete Carroll and Jeremy Botter, uh, we decided we'd give this a go. We're going to put the podcast out this week through Hangouts as well as ripping the MP3 and putting on all the usual feeds. As you can see, I am in sunny Las Vegas. According to my Snapchat, Sean, 36 degrees here. Fuck that. Too What's warm. Like back home? It's grand. Hold on, let me just check my laptop there and see. Uh, 17 degrees. It's not too bad. It's warm enough. Yeah. But 17. Look, you can, probably, you can probably tell just from looking at it, even though I have a poor resolution camera on this MacBook, yeah. Bit of a colour going on here. Sunbeds are paying off. Finally. Do not need the sunbeds here. We balcony there. I've, I'm going to go out and chill on it now after this. I wanted to do the podcast live from the balcony, but it was a. Uh, I think my laptop would melt in that heat for more than an hour. 36 degrees. Tell us all what you've been up to for the last couple of days. How, how Party, is... man. Party. Uh, you don't even drink, do you? I hope no. you part. Yeah. But that's what I was going to say. Last night, uh, I think it was fair to say that we've realised the Irish are here in Vegas. We um, we met up with a lot of media people last night. There's a lot of Irish over here, a lot of guys over here actually covering it. Um, a few of the US guys met up with us as well, the MMA junkie guys, and Wayne Finley and Jeremy Botter uh, at the Hooters across the road. They actually have surprisingly delicious wings. You know the way it's always kind of thrown out there, being a bit yeah. of a dive place? It's actually unreal. Like, yeah, they're supposed to be nice, aren't they? The wings. Wait, you know what uh, their Tuesdays are called? Finger what? banging Tuesdays. Oh Jesus! What a place! Like you can get America, you can get away with all of that stuff over here. So the lads were out last night. They were having a couple of uh, sociables, mojitos. Yeah, whatever. Not Pete. Pete was in bed asleep. He was in bed at half nine. I heard last night asleep and the night before. I, I wouldn't like to comment on. Uh, <laughs> The speculation, but there is a famous story that last year when I rang Pete the morning of the fight, he was only going to bed, and uh, I wanted to go for breakfast with him. And he's like, "I said, Pete, the media check-ins in six hours." And his response to me was, "Well, then wake me in five and a half and let me go to sleep. Fuck off." Great so man. I uh, I think he may be in a similar situation because I went onto WhatsApp there and he was active recently enough. So maybe you're right. Maybe he wasn't bed at half nine. But more than likely, we're not going to hear from Pizzi for a couple of hours. So what are, your, what are your next couple of days looking like? Give us the breakdown of what you're going to be doing. Um, I'm supposed to be heading to the press conference now at half ten uh, Vegas time. But I'm going back on Matt Cooper then. And then heading over for the Ultimate Media Day. And that is going to be absolutely packed. I'm going to open it. It's like literally both uh, the the Saturday and the Sunday card are all just all the fighters are being brought in. Similar to the way that the UFC are doing it now is that they just bring a lot of people in and you have an hour's time to walk around and blah, blah, blah. So hopefully get talking to Kyle Pendred, Gunnar Nelson, Neil Seary, 
um, all of those guys now, and we'll see what happens. If if it happens, CM Punk. What will I ask? What will I ask him? Well, no, that's actually that was the question. Uh, I saw it on my Facebook page last night. A couple of guys met CM Punk on the way over yeah. uh, in Chicago. Uh, spent forty-five minutes with the airport. Then went from the airport to the MGM with him last night. It's Paul Dollar's mates. We were with Paul last night, and he was getting texts from them, and he was trying to get them to bring Punk over to Hooters because me and Paul were going to be at the front door waiting, like with excited faces, being like, "Glass, oh, it's CM Punk." Um, Show him the picture of you interviewing Conor McGregor in your CM Punk top. Yeah, I, someone someone tweeted it to me there the other day, so I was thinking like, "Oh, maybe I should uh, maybe I should have brought it," but no, I think that's a little bit unprofessional and shit. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not Gareth A. Davies. I don't photo Thankfully. photo what he what he didn't even say photo bomb right. He said, "Sorry guys, not trying to uh, photo whatever time hop whatever." It Photoshop is. you. Yeah, he was a step away from saying, "I'm not a, like I'm I'm gonna Photoshop you or something like that." Anyway, enough about my exploits in Vegas. You Invicta tonight, though. You going to Invicta tonight? I am. I was at the weigh-ins yesterday. Um, Catherine Costing, I spoke to her in the airport. I spoke her, spoke to her in the uh, lift actually, right afterwards, and she said it was the easiest, uh, easiest way because she's had. And to be honest, I think her opponent looked pretty drawn out because she was one hundred five point eight or something like that. You know, she was still yeah. she was over. Like, you know what I mean? Where Catherine was one hundred four point eight. Catherine was under the under the limit. Looked really good. Said it was the easiest cut that she's had in a while. And just looking forward to it tonight. And I have to put this out there now. If you're Irish and you're in Vegas, you're watching this maybe hungover in the MGM when you wake up in an hour or two, there's still a lot of tickets for, uh, for Invicta. It's down in the Cosmopolitan. It's literally 10 minutes down the strip from the MGM. Go there, support Catherine Costin, get behind Irish MMA here. There's guys fighting on Tough Enough, the amateur show, tomorrow night as well. Uh, Ross McCarson's got a match up on that. Carl McNally, I'm going down to the, <clears throat> to the amateur world championships now in an hour <coughs> Himself and Carl, uh, himself and Franz Malambo are both in the semi-finals, and uh, the great news has come through, Sean. I'm actually able to compete on Friday. Nice. You're gonna fuck some lads up. Uh, well, I've got one of the best blue belts in America in the second round, allegedly. Oh. Uh, so, someone's getting fucked. Someone have a nice evening anyway. Um, what's it been like back home? And like, it's a little bit weird over here at the minute because we're doing the content, and it's like. Five o'clock in the evening, and that's middle of night back home. So yeah. you're having, like, I'm actually staying up until four o'clock in the morning just so I can post it at a decent hour back at home. Yeah, it's is, weird. Is there an excitement building? Do you think? I think there is. Like I was thinking about it myself there last night. I think it's kind of the mood of everyone. It's kind of the disappointment of Aldo is still kind of there, and I don't think it'll wear off. Like it's probably worn off for lads, you lads, when you're over there and all the fans are traveling over to Vegas and stuff. It's not, no? Well, I have to say, I was miserable, pissy form for 15 hours when I was flying, like, because yeah. it is, it's the worst thing in the world. Um, it's actually okay when you're going to the West Coast because it feels like you're time traveling. It just feels like you're staying up on the same day yeah. and your clock is malfunctioning and just setting you back a couple of hours. So I'm actually okay with heading to Vegas. But by the time, of it, by the time it's over, you're like, this is so shit. Like, just go back in the plane. I'm not. I'm not fit for this. But then the best part about it is, you walk into the MGM. You see Conor McGregor's face on the wall. You see all the guys' faces on the wall. You see the octagon there. You see, I don't know, Irish lads walking around with cans because they're allowed to drink and smoke inside the MGM. 
And it is one of the best things that you can see. Like, it just it made me smile so much when we got there. So I think it was like, once you get to Vegas, you're okay. I think it's the transit to Vegas that is the most depressing thing about it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. what. Do you, what like, what's the vibe like over there? Are people excited? It's McGregor yeah. still fighting against Mendes. I think yeah. it's kind of... I think here it's kind of... There's still... Like, w when you get to Vegas and you see all the big lights and the posters and up and everything, that gives you kind of a boost. But I think here, here it's kind of still... We don't know what's going to happen. Like, this fight has changed so much. Like, the whole Aldo build-up and all was great. Like, if Conor McGregor was to win, he'd be taking home the real belt and all. But now it's kind of, you know, the interim belt and everything. It's it's kind of still put a downer on it. And it's, I don't know, it's still there. But I expect once the weigh-ins come and once Saturday comes, that'll all get away. But, yeah, it should be good. Um, go when on. you're talking about the excitement, though, like, from talking to American reporters, like they are just excited to see the, what the Irish fans are going to be like over here, yeah. because they've heard about Dublin, they know all about how good it was. And yesterday at the open workouts, like that was the most fascinating thing for me. I've been saying it all week is that the fans are out here from so early. Like there was a lot of people coming out on Tuesday. You know when we were all leaving at the same time. Um, poor Graham from Severe uh, thought he was on a non-stop flight. Ended up having a five-hour wait in Chicago, and then so funny when he got here. I was. It was brilliant. I know they had a bit of a rough travel. I, I booked it strategically perfect. An hour and a half layover in New York. That's a lap of the terminal on the next plane straight to Vegas. Kicking nice. it. Half three in the day. Nice. Uh, you, you were at the scrums yesterday. You obviously at the McGregor one, the Mindes one. Did you take away anything from that? Like their attitudes yeah. or anything? What did you think? One thing I took away from it that I know we've spoke about before is that maybe Conor McGregor would be hampered making £145 in the future with the removal of IVs. I got that question in right at the end of the scrum, and he said that he has made 145 without IVs in the past. He would be able to do it again. It's just about changing his preparation a little bit further out. I assume it would be a stricter diet a couple of weeks further out or something. I'm, I, I wouldn't uh, be too up-to-date on it. But the general consensus as well is that that IV thing, a lot of people think, won't stick, that there will be a bit of backlash over it, and that it, it's literally a, by the time October comes around that it won't even end up going through. Um, Mendez seemed in great form yesterday, very chatty, very funny, trying to get a couple of jokes in there, playing up to the Irish crowd big time. Um, I think he's in Uriah Faber then as well, wearing his green t-shirt as well for the Irish fans. I think he's playing up to it a little bit. Uh, McDonald and Lawler just floating under the radar as expected, not a bother, minimal workout, minimal media obligation afterwards, but then the McGregor show happened, Connor walked out, walked straight past the walkout area, straight over to the Irish fans that were there up and down the line, shaking hands, started chants, it was pandemonium. And it was really funny to see all the media that had been set up uh, like at the mats waiting with their tripods, like pick everything up and try run straight over to the fucking, like to follow Conor McGregor, shaking hands, like the equivalent of Conor McGregor kissing a baby like happened yesterday and everyone was like, Ooh! like not actually kissing a baby, but it's like when, a, when the president kisses a baby or something and people yeah. lose their shit, I don't know. Do the president still kiss babies? They do, yeah. So. T-shirts and presidents and all. Yeah. But what I took from it yesterday was, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Conor McGregor carrying an injury and stuff, but, like, if a guy goes out there and does an hour of a session in front of all the fans and all the media and stuff, I think you can pretty much safely say that he's, he, like, he's not carrying an injury that's going to hamper him during the fight anyway. Yeah. Um, like, we've seen guys in the past before, if they were carrying injuries, they come out for five minutes, they shadow box a bit, do a few pads, and that's it. 
But yeah, I think that's a good sign for him. For Mendes, I thought, like, I'm not big one for, you know, people getting into people's head and stuff, but he seemed to be talking a lot about McGregor trying to get into his head and trying to trash talk. And I don't think McGregor was doing half as much trash talking as Mendes was talking about. Like, McGregor's scum was, was scum, scrum was mostly about himself, and, like, they were talking about money and stuff. And obviously, he had a couple of things about Chad Mendes, mostly about, like, Saying he was small and stuff, and said he was going to catch him. Like there was a few jabs, but nothing, nothing major. Like, and this is usually the time of like on fight week, the start of fight week, when Conor McGregor really, really starts starts it up. Like he started on Dustin Poirier and stuff. But I don't know. This time, kind of, it's a bit different, maybe. Um, both of them looked, both of them looked confident. In fairness, uh, Chad Mendes was kind of talking about how his preparation wasn't as good as he had hoped. But he says, like, he doesn't have the wear and tear in his body that he would have with a long camp. So, yeah, going to it, it's, it's going to be some fight, I think. And he could go he could go either way, but I, I'm favouring McGregor at this stage. Are you? I think so, to be honest. But when you're talking about the injury, like, it's something like, just because it's not affecting him at the minute physically, like, he, if there is something going on with him, do you know what I mean? He did hide it very well, and he was moving very, very fluid, and he did a full range workout. He did wrestling, pads, rolling, a little bit of light contact, sparring with Artem. Um, but, so he's obviously getting through it, but you wonder, is he going through a pain barrier? Is there actually, generally, with this sort of thing, there's no smoke without a fire. Do you know? So maybe something might have happened, maybe his, his knee lock. It could have been something as simple as his knee, his knee locking up once in training, and then people losing their shit. But do you know, I've actually got a special guest about to join us live in the podcast. Go on, who is it? One sec, I'll just grab him now. Yeah, yeah, come over here. Oh, God. Oh, no. I knew you were going to do this. I knew, like, Graham's going to kill us for putting this up live. Ah, shut up. This is going to be pulled nah, off YouTube anyway. It won't, um, it won't he'll be all right. I'm just trying to figure out how to undo it. So, okay, we can get back. <laughs> anyway, I shaved, just had a quick shave there. Um, so yeah, the whole, the whole thing over here is gonna it's gonna really take off. I think in the next day, the Irish getting in, the Spore arriving. And um, as I, when I was leaving the MGM at three forty-five last night, whenever they were finished, well, I I was finished up. I was ready for sleep. They were still floating about. Um, yeah. There was some amount of uh, Irish coming in from a night out. You know, just that had gone out in the first night of Vegas, and they were coming at this stage, and then they were able to continue the session when they got into the casino. Not none of them like literally being the every Irish group that I saw were standing talking to Americans. Do you know the way Irish are notoriously friendly when they're on holidays and when they've got a bit of drink in them? It's like, oh, sure, where are you from yourself? And then that probably ended up in a conversation like, oh, my, you probably know my great grandfather, Houlihan from Con from Connacht. Connacht. Did anyone ask about me? That's the most important thing. Yes. You did? Cool. Yeah, 100%. You boys in the airport on the way over. Nice. Uh, just as we were at the baggage drop, Sean's not coming with you, Andrew, no? And I turned around and I was like, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> and then I was chatting to them all the way through. So the fact that your name was mentioned before mine stuck in my craw a little bit. <laughs> nice. We're stuck together now. No, we're actually... We're more like, like a... a uh, like a couple that doesn't want to be together, but yeah. we've, we've got a kid. We've got a podcast. If you yeah. guys are always fighting, why are you with each other? It's like, we've got a podcast! <laughs> we can't leave it behind. Someone we has to be 18. Uh, 
I don't even know. This is episode 24 or something. So it's grown up. It's nurturing in front of our eyes. Yeah. Um, what do you think it's going to be like to come, come fight night? Do you think the Irish are going to tire themselves out, drink themselves out? I'd say they'll be all right. Like, they'll probably drink themselves out now. To know. They'll what probably spend today dying right. at the show. Yeah. Like, what the, like the car kicks off at like 6 o'clock maybe, series on about that time, is it? Uh, I think uh, it's five at 4, actually. At 4, yeah. Ah, they'll be fine by that time. Like, they go on the piss Friday night. They'll be up by 12, half 12, go in and get a few coffees. By the time 4 o'clock comes around, they'll have a few pints inside them, they'll be back at it again, so it'll be fine. But I think there's going to be... Big coffee and breakfast over here. Big fuck off breakfast, is there? Oh, I'm a big fan of it. I was... I went for breakfast yesterday with, uh, with Dave Fogarty. Yeah. Uh, he's over here as well. And Dar O'Connell, his coach in Jiu-Jitsu. And I got the grand breakfast in the MGM. And I got three slices of bacon, two eggs, hash browns, pancakes, toast, Deadly. sausages. It was unbelievable. And hash browns over here are completely different, Sean. They're not yeah. triangular. They're not deep-fried triangular potato messes. They're actually delicious over here. They're like mash or something like that. Kind yeah, of it's like mash. It's like a mashy potato sort of shit. It's it's unreal. Anyway, hit me with another thing. What what else is new? What are McDonald, we talking? McDonald and Lawler. You saw him there as well yesterday. How are they looking? Uh, Robbie Lawler looked. I don't want to say bored in his media scrum, but I you know it's just the way he is. He's a reserved individual. His workout, uh, run of the mill, standard enough stuff. But I do think there's a. While I think both of them appreciate the fact that they're flying under the radar heav- heavily in the promotion of this fight, I think they're uh, they're a little bit pissed as well. I'm getting that sort of sense. Maybe not so much Rory McDonald because he's a go with the flow sort of guy, but Robbie Lawler strikes me as someone who, uh, not that he feels like he deserves more praise, no, but. Maybe that his second title run isn't getting his, or second UFC run isn't getting the credit for what a feat that it actually is. Yeah, I think Robbie Lawler is kind of the guy that he doesn't think about things until these questions are asked, and then he kind of gets mad when the questions are actually asked. I don't think he like he dwells on this stuff or anything, but when someone says it to him, he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know what, you're right, yeah, I'm not getting enough, and people aren't talking to me enough, but I don't think he minds and. Rory McDonald, like, did you see that embedded where they followed Rory for like maybe like ninety seconds of it? It was just the best thing ever. He just walked around, just like don't didn't say anything. Like, I'm my I've got my osteopath here looking after me. It's just I like I would watch the shit out of a Rory McDonald documentary. Yeah, he's just a, he's a fascinating man. What? He's so funny. He's so unintentionally funny without realizing how funny he is. Like, it's brilliant. Uh, He's hilarious. He's what hilarious. about this new, uh, this new location we're in? I can move around in my chair freely and not make it sound like my house is about to fall in on top of me. Because of your microphone on your MacBook, is it? Uh, no, because, oh, because of the chair. Because I'm not at a chair. I just right. got a text of someone asking, was I heading to the press conference? Because the fucking queue is massive with fans trying to get into it. The press Gosh. conference is open to the fans. Uh, if it's anything like the Boston stuff, this is going to be absolutely ridiculous. All right. Oh dear. Anyway, we'll we'll get onto a couple more of fights and then the uh, questions, and then we'll give us our winners, and then we'll go because we're going to keep it short this week. Um. Okay. Pindred. I know you're meeting him today, but John Howard. Uh, how are you seeing that fight? We spoke about it a bit in the podcast, but we didn't speak about it too much. How do you? How are you? Uh, 
you think he'll win or how do you think he'll go? Oh, sorry, the jet lag's kicking in. I still think it's going to uh, be a Cottle-Pendred victory. John Howard on the decline of his career. Um, opportunity for Pendred to get a name win. 5-0 and now in the UFC. Be able to make a stake for an active, more active guy up in the top end of the division. Um, I just can't see John Howard, unless he comes out like a freight train first round, and be like, there's no way Cottle-Pendred's cutting me from the UFC and comes out in that sort of sense and vein. Otherwise, I think it's going to be a good night for Cahill. Yeah, uh, I'm picking. I'm picking Howard. I picked him. My picks. Oh, no. uh, yeah, I. I don't know. I got. Obviously, in my heart of hearts, I want Pinder to win. Being a bit biased, but I. I don't know. Howard. Howard is very fast hands. He likes to hit guys straight down the middle. And he's not that easy to take down unless you're like a like. He struggles against really athletic guys. Fast guys, but I don't think like Pinder isn't really that. Um, I didn't catch him with a lot of shots early and and win a couple of rounds, but I think it's going to be really close fight. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a decision two rounds to one either way. But uh, yeah, you'd never know. Yeah, I well, I I can understand. I can see where you're coming from that point of view, but I don't know. I think there's just going to be Carl Pinder is one of the most inspired guys when it comes to a crowd behind him or having yeah. heart and stuff like that and I think that Irish fans those Irish fans are just going to get him through this fight regardless that's true speaking about another guy who loves the, the, the fans well he hates the fans more than loves them I'd say Neil Seary against Smolka as well I think this is going to be another win for Seary and it's, like PT's talking about it a couple of times he spoke about it in the interview with you yesterday and he spoke about it on the podcast we did with, uh, with Potter there during the week that like Series due a bump up in a card, and I know we we kind of look at Siri because he's Irish maybe and, and say that, but it's probably not going to happen for a while unless it happens at UFC Dublin because um, the lighter weight guys usually get are put down the card, and Siri isn't ranked or anything. He like he isn't going to be fighting for time anytime soon unless he gets a another good couple, a good few couple of wins. But um, yeah, I'd say you like. This one, if he wins this one, UFC Dublin could be like a really he could get a good matchup. Someone like an Ian McCall maybe, or maybe not not someone that high up, but maybe someone good with a name, and that could really, really uh, move him on towards title talking. I'm not like we don't want to go overboard here, but um, this is this is a very important fight I think for Neil Siri because if he can win this, as I said, get on to UFC Dublin, then this, it could uh, it could be the start of something good for him. Neil Siri's in a very good position to be able to get himself into title contention in a relatively weak division. Um, and then, because he's going to have the longest win streak of the division if he wins now this weekend, or one of the joint longest win streaks of the division. Get, a, get him a co-main event somewhere high on the card in Dublin. What's stopping them from get, just throwing him in, in the title shot? That 125 division needs a shake-up, I think. It needs just, it needs these random title fights, you know what I mean? Because Demetrius Johnson versus Joseph Benavidez Part six by the time that comes around isn't going to sell anymore. Demetrius Johnson against John Moraga or John Dodson, like we know he's going to go through these guys. I think the way the 125 king gets dethroned is uh, is an unsuspecting challenger. Rocky Apollo sort of thing. Neil Seary goes into a a bushes and starts hitting the carcass. You know what I mean? And uh, Demetrius Johnson's there just checking off. You know, yeah, we spend this much on Martin. You know the Apollo Creed, the Apollo Creed scene. From Rocky, when his coach was watching, he's like, "Hey, you better come watch this guy hit the bag, or the car." As it was. We've got a prediction for this fight, Neil. Yes, pain. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's going to go all the way and beat Demetrius Johnson, bring home the title. Grand, that's settled. So, uh, Gunnar Nelson, Brandon Thatch. Are you on the, he's going to knock the shit out of him and knock him out in the first round uh, bandwagon for Thatch? Are you on the, he's going to get him to the floor and going to submit him easily, Gunnar Nelson bandwagon? I think we're, I'm on the bandwagon that we're going to see a pretty new version of uh, Gunnar Nelson. From what I've heard from people that have been in the Mac Mansion, uh, which I know you hate the phrase, um, such an odd. <laughs> uh, I do think we're going to see a little bit of a different Gunnar Nelson than what we're used to this Saturday. Apparently, some of the wars that he's been having in the in the house or in the training center with Sergey, the wrestling coach, have just been phenomenal to watch. Um, Gunnar Nelson has been able to find. I don't want to say his third gear because more than likely it's he's been able to get out of he's been able to get out of first gear. Because uh, he never had to get out of first gear in any of his fights, and he never got out of the first gear against Rick Story. But now, apparently, the whole thing is that he's been able to ramp it up a level. This is a different Gunnar Nelson that we're going to see on Saturday night. So maybe we're going to see Gunnar come out aggressively trying to get him to the ground. Because Gunnar used to kind of always... The opportunity for Gunnar to take people down would present itself. He never went hunting for it. I wouldn't be surprised if we started seeing Gunnar Nelson going hunting this weekend. Yeah. I agree. That... You know, you took the words exactly right out of my mouth. I, I think that's what he's going to do. You shouldn't have shared your notes with me beforehand because I just yeah, was going to see that you said, Sean. You know, I'm the under. Okay. I'm, I'm, I wanted to do the podcast like this, as you know. In fact, I still may. So <laughs> go on, work on it. Wonder Boy, are you going to Wonder Boy in Ellenberger fight on Sunday? No, I'm uh, flying home at that stage because I'd like a day at home before. Uh, I'd like yeah, a day home before Glasgow, but I we can we can arrange for someone to tell your boyfriend that you're missing him. Uh, Will Martin, friend of the podcast, met him yesterday, and he sent me the picture of him with a uh, Wonder Boy. I was really I was really um jealous. My boy Wonder Boy, who drinks on a window fight anyway? Uh, I I'll keep you happy. I do think Wonder Boy's gonna win. Yeah, I like Wonder Boy could be fighting Ken Velasquez and Daniel Cormier in a tag in a double match or tornado match. I'd still think he'd win. I'd still pick a him. Tornado tag match, you fucking wrestling hipster. Yeah. <laughs> they don't happen oh, enough God, anymore. God, I never think I ever saw a tornado tag match. It was always just an auction and smackdown. Do you know the way? Yeah. One happened there like a year ago on on Raw, I think, or like two years ago or something maybe. What even is a tornado tag match? Both laughing at the same time. Yeah, but like, if there's two against two, it's all four of them in the ring at the one time. Or if it's said two against one, if it's a handicap match, the two guys go in the ring against the one guy at the same time. Yeah. Okay, we'll answer a few questions. Just actually on the topic we were just speaking, apropos of it, uh, Aaron Moore asks, is it hard, and you, I saw you saw this and you favorited on Twitter, is it hard to take the biased opinion as a fan out of writing and reporting on MMA? I thought you were going to ask about Aaron's question about jet lag because I'm after spending about 30 seconds yawning there while you were talking and I was hoping, please don't stop. <laughs> because it's just going to come back to me with my mouth wide open in the middle of the podcast. Um, I, it is and it isn't, to be honest. Like I think you're going to get called out on it fairly quickly if I was to go around being like, I, I'd like to think that I am generally unbiased and, and I'm able to give a fair assessment. You know what I mean? It is yeah, complete bullshit. Like, look, I'm WhatsApp. I, I, I ran up and gave Chris Fields a hug last night in the MGM. I don't care if that's being, if that's being biased, I don't want to be right, Sean, to be honest. Like, if, <laughs> if that's a world that we're not allowed to live in, then take me out of this world, you know, that I can't hug Chris Fields whenever I see him. 
um, who just got in last night. But aside from that, like I just, I don't think I think there's an excessive degree in nature to some the way some people go on. I don't think we fit. I think we're okay. I think severe in general slide under that category. It's even harder for the lads that are involved in the Connor documentary, you know, that are now pretty much in, ingrained in Connor's life, following yeah. him around and different stuff like that. That's going to be worse for him. Like, I don't know. You seem to be uh, pally pally with a lot of people, though. Me? Who am I pally pally with? I don't know. Just internet folk. Like, I suppose you're not too bad. Like, but yeah. you're constantly like, I, I've seen your DM send one to buy ridiculous messages. Like, <laughs> he doesn't follow me. Being like, Tom. hey. Hey, WB. <laughs> <laughs> Heart. XXX. <laughs> the, thing, the thing above a uh, comma and then three to make that love her. For me, um, I tend to be, I don't know. See, there's there's a hard part. Well, I try to be as unbiased as possible. I just got also, sorry about what? the Irish and the MGM. This yeah. lad was coming back from the gym at seven this morning, and they were scraping them off the floor. <laughs> totally, oh, right. But me, right? I see. I argue what I think is right, and sometimes that comes off as bias. Like when, like I thought Conor McGregor should have got a title shot before Chad Mendes, but like a while ago, and I was saying like Cobb Swanson deserved it before both of them. Yet Mendes got it and stuff. And like that may look like I'm biased on Conor McGregor's part, but it's actually kind of not. It's just the way I think. Like I'd say the same about. Habib or like whoever in another division I don't know Who's your uh, Jack or Air, someone or uh, Yohan Romero or something like that but I don't know like it's you have to give your opinion too especially like if you're someone like me who like a lot of what I do is about opinion and stuff and has a lot of opinions yeah and I have plenty of opinions and that like we might as well voice them so why not but look whatever you do you're going to get a fucking backlash over it anyway. Like, if you say something, like, if you got... There's a lot of people who go overly unbiased to, like, people from Ireland who, like, try to, like, pretend as if everything is wrong and everything, like, is bad and stuff, and that, that's too much as well. Like, there, I think there's a happy medium you can find, like, and obviously when we're at events and stuff, it's all professional and everything. And when we're on the podcast and on Twitter and stuff, it isn't as professional, like, but it's still you or have to. If, or if I have to interview Peter Carroll, and it's not if professional. You, it's not or professional. if Gareth Dave fucking Davies inter- Fuck interview him. another one of my uh, another one of my interviews, then it won't be kind of professional. He didn't. He didn't uh, get in the middle of the PC one anyway, did he? He saw the big name. He saw John Kevin, and he said, "Oh, I get oh, into this." He got his head in there. But in fairness to Gareth, he was. Uh, I was winding him up. He was flirting with me all day, Sean. To be honest, he was coming yeah. up behind me. He was touching me. He was. Resting his elbows on, on my shoulder to record uh, his iPad steadily. And, uh, hi, how you doing, mate? Great. <laughs> That's a good impression. Oh, I like it. So good to see you guys travel from Ireland, yeah? Great. Yeah. Love. Fantastic. Okay, question from Paul Guru. I have ever done a decent impression. That, that was a good impression. How much do you think Connor will wear um, after the weigh-ins? Uh... Same as always. I don't know what it is. One sixty, is it? He puts on about fifteen. Like people losing their shit over a weight cut that happens all the time. Like it's just because Kane's on and one of the biggest over exaggerators yeah. in the like. Uh, I, that was annoying me, and I could see that was frustrating Connor as well, having to answer questions about weight when his weight's lower, I believe, than it normally is at this stage. Like you know what I mean? So so far out from the fight, like. I've got a I've got a name for the people who believe Chael on and everything he says. Sonontologists. Sonontologist. 
He's a proven con man. Yeah, TM. <laughs> Copyright is Sean. Hang up this podcast and go patent that now. We're I'm on the put, here. I'm putting that on Twitter as soon as I get off. Scientologists. So, uh, he's a con I, man. They all believe it. There's people watching this. Someone's going to steal it. Someone's going to steal it. Someone, don't steal it, you bastards. Or else quote me. That's it. Uh, okay. Oh. A couple of more questions. You want to see a picture of the Irish fans queuing up at the press conference? Yes, go on, show me. Oh, Jesus, that's a lot. Yeah, okay, <laughs> from... Oh, I'm after losing it. Oh, from MMA True Talk. Do you think the magnitude of the event shows Conor McGregor is realistically the biggest star in the UFC? Um, although people keep saying that Conor McGregor is the biggest star in the UFC... Um, and please don't send the Irish lynch mob for this afterwards. I think Ron Rousey is the biggest star. I think the UFC know that. The same way that I think Catherine Costing can actually bring an interest to mixed martial arts in Ireland because she's the mother, because she's the Irish mammy, I do think someone like Rhonda, strong, independent woman who looking after herself, you know, that sort of thing. I can see her, like she is, the UFC will, there's a different demographic, you know what I mean, that the UFC yeah. are able to target with someone like Ronda Rousey at the helm. The same way there's a different demographic of people that they can target uh, who are willing to follow Conor McGregor to the end of the earth, as we've seen it here. Like, I've seen that, the queue of pictures. There's a lot of people that are going to be here for this whole thing. It's going to be it's crazy. So there's 50-50 on that. But the, one of the things that I was actually shocked about is this is a higher gate now with the Mendez fight than it was with the Aldo fight. So maybe it's some guys from Sacramento coming down or something like that. I don't know what it is. Yeah, maybe. That could be it. Okay. Money train. We're going to give our picks for a full card. You have to give... No, we're not. Do Do something fun. No, we're doing this. We're doing this. I probably don't even know the full card. Like. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you the ones you know, so I'll leave out a couple of ones. You have to give winner, method, and round. Okay? Neil Siri against Lewis Smolka. I'm really bad at all of this, Sean. Come on, Andrew. Come on, I'm putting you on the spot. Right, well, I'm answering shit like this, I'm sitting outside. One, go. Neil Siri, decision. I'm, I'm saying Siri, second round KO. Oh. Carl Pendred, John Howard. Carl Pendred by Grand and Pound finish in the third round. I'm going John Howard, decision. Uh, Matt Brown by t- versus Tim Means. Matt Brown by being arrested in the cage for violence. Should we go fight though? I think. I think, I think Matt Brown. Is it? It's finishing off the Fox Sports One prelims, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Matt Brown by a second round KO, TKO. Brad Pitt against Thomas Almeida. Whoa! <laughs> uh, it could be bad night for Brad Pickett. To be honest, Almeida is a stud. Saw Brad Pickett yesterday. It's not at 125, isn't it? No, it's 35. Pickett's back to back. Yeah. Uh, I'm so, that's why I could see like fat on his face as opposed to just the skeleton that was replaced with his last two fights. Could be a bad night for Pickett. Um, we wouldn't be surprised to see Almeida jump on a sub sometime maybe in the second or third round. I think Almeida will KO him in the first. Big call by Sean Sheen. Gunnar Nelson, Brandon Thatch. Gunnar Nelson, guillotine, round two. Gunnar Nelson, rear naked chalk, round two. Uh, Dennis Bermudez, Jeremy Stevens. Woo. 
Jeremy Stevens by decision in a very, very exciting fight. I think it'll be a good fight. I think kind of Stevens is good where Bermudez is bad and Bermudez is good where Stevens is bad, so it could kind of go either way. I think if Stevens wins, he'll knock him out because Bermudez is a little bit of a weak chin, maybe. Bermudez is good at wrestling, so if he'll take him down, take Bermudez or uh, Stevens down. I think he'll be a decision win for uh, Bermudez. Robbie Lawler, Rory McDonald. <sighs> I've been I've been flirting on this one all week. At the minute, I still think Rory Mack is going to get the belt, but fight night, I think it could change over to Robbie Lawler, keeping tough and hanging in there. If I'm gonna, if you're putting a gun to my head now, um, then I'm going to say Rory McDonald is going to get it. This podcast is going to be dead in the water if you said Robbie Lawler. Okay, oh, he, I'm. You just would have looked at me and hung up. Like, yeah, I'm picking Rory fourth round TKO. Um, the main event, Conor McGregor. Okay, you can give your want your pick, right? And then give like an unusual might happen pick as well. Um, I do think Conor is going to beat him, but here's my unusual pick. Go on. I think Conor's going to submit him. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna. I think it is going to go to the ground. I think he's going to get. Uh, I don't want to say. I don't want to say that he's going to do it to prove a point, but I wouldn't be surprised if when it hits the ground, there's more of a focus in Connor's head of, I can set a submission up from here. Because like, from talking to people, this is talking to very, very good black belt, black belts in jiu-jitsu that, speak of, that have rolled with Connor. Connor's ground game is perfect. That's a quote, perfect for MMA because mm-hmm. he, you can't sweep him. Put him in the Gi World Championships at Brown Belt in his way. Yeah, he gets made look like a beginner. Put him no-gi, sweaty, scrambly against those same guys in a, in a no-gi match, and he's one of the best in the world. That's what it's genuine from top BGJ competitors. So I do think we could see a Conor McGregor submission. But Something I wanted to ask you as well. Hit me. I've been thinking a long time. You know, I can't really see you, Sean. I'm going to have to throw my glasses on. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to ask you this with the glasses on. Mendez is obviously going to go for a lot of takedowns, right? And the SPG camp is kind of known for guillotines, isn't it? Like John Kavanaugh, like when they first started putting out videos and all, it was always guillotines they were showing. And like a lot of their fights have been won by guillotine, maybe not in the UFC and stuff, but uh, Gunnar Nelson won one, I think. But around the local scene, you, you can probably tell the people more about that than I would. Guillotines, they love them. John Cavanaugh's money move. Actually, wait a minute. This is very rude. One second. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's a scenario that I honestly haven't thought, Sean. I think that's a great shout that you're thinking Chad Mendes coming in. I think Chad Mendes wrestling would assume is too good, especially training with someone like Uriah Faber, who's also a no-dab hand at guillotines himself. But when, it, when we're talking about the SVG thing and guillotines, like, that's a different dimension to the fight that I hadn't hadn't considered, and to be honest, I wouldn't be too like that. That would be a sort of like if that had happened Saturday night, and we had to talk about this. Like anyone who's an analyst and covering the fight probably would have sat there and thought, "Ah, oh, fuck's sake! How did I not cop on? It was going to be a guillotine." Do you know that? I for what it's worth, though, I do think Chad Mendes. Like I think it'd be really interesting to see him come out in that first round and put Connor on his back. First exchange on Conor McGregor on his back. What's gonna happen? Like, 
Let's answer yeah. the question right away. Let's get it over and done with. I was watching um, the Dave. Hill, was it? Yeah, it was a Dave Hill fight last night. The one he won his first cage or his belt in, and he was on his back ten seconds into that fight. Yeah, remember he pulled guard, gone for a guillotine and stuff like. And people are always wondering what he's like off his back and what he's like on the ground. Just go and watch that fight, like. And that was what was that three, three and a half, four years ago. How much has he improved since then? How, how much better is he going to be? He won that fight by submission. He won that fight by submission, exactly. Submit the guys that he's not supposed to submit. And isn't Dave Hill like a good jiu-jitsu guy as well? He was known he as like a very good jiu-jitsu guy at the time. And people were being like, oh, Dave Hill gets on the ground. Finished. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Dave Hill that broke into tears at the, at the weigh-ins. Oh, leave poor old Dave Hill alone. Jesus. I suppose you had, he, someone had to go in there. Someone had to, someone had to do it. Someone had to fight him. I don't think there'd be too many. There's not too many people around the world enough to fight Conor McGregor now. Dave Hill was one of those guys. Ooh, any right, questions so, before we go? Before I have to go take a phone call. Someone asked, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Alan. I didn't fucking have breakfast yet. Oh, you didn't have breakfast yet? I, I, like, you woke me up. Actually, no. I have, a, I have a crap alarm in my room. And it started playing like... Do you know like that stereotypical, like... Hispanic American station that you that you always hear on TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and fucking shit like that going up. Like, <laughs> that woke me up at half eight this morning on my alarm, and I was just far too tired to go from one side of my king size bed to the other <laughs> to switch it off. <laughs> I just went like this under the under the pillow, like, and uh, fell back to sleep. And then room service, or I had asked for a wake up call at nine because I were planning on doing this. And uh, that got me up out of bed. So I haven't eaten yet. But I'm gonna get something over at the MGM before the uh, before the press conference. And okay. a reminder: right. there's 22 people watching this live for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but if any of you 22 people are not on Betfair, head on over to SevieraMay.com. We have a great offer with Betfair, offering new customers four to one on Conor McGregor to beat Chad Mendes this weekend. Maximum stake is 10 euro. If he loses, you get a 10 euro free bet. As we say in the hip hop world, Sean. We get some cash money for every single uh, every single person that signs up. What is Google Hangouts playing about here? Have a, like, do you know the way in Snapchat you can have dollars falling from the roof? Yeah. Yeah, no dollars here on uh, Google Hangouts. Severemay.com forward slash bet UFC 189. Do it. It'll help us out greatly. Oh, look at you with your fucking monocle. Yeah, I wish you luck when you're in Vegas, baby. Kind of a style. Well, I'll just I'll, I'll throw it off. Don't worry, sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh god! Uh, it's just let me pop here. One sec. I'll grab it. Let's hope Graham never sees this. It doesn't matter. This is the way forward, Sean. This is this is our interaction. You know, people have been saying to me the last couple of days, "Like you're much better on the podcast. Like you're in, you're not as much not that you're not as much crack in your interviews, but." This is a, what about my Periscope debut yesterday? Hit me. What Lovely, did, wasn't it? it was good. Very good. I shared it out with all my followers and all. Periscope is very good. You know, we yeah. had like 600 people watching at one point. Really? That's sweet. Yeah. That was Thanks. crazy. Like, and Lee McGahan was a big fan. More people want more of Lee McGahan. Turned it straight off. Oh, yeah. Like, he, I, like, come up behind him, ambushed him, put him on it, and he saw his face on it. And then he, like, went, like, panic attack sort of thing, grabbed my phone, and turned it off. <laughs> Ah, Lee, there was like 200 and something people live on that. You're dead. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 
Well, enough with that. Enough with that. Sean, I have to go. If you're uh, if you're watching this right now, I'm going to be on the last word with Matt Cooper in about ten minutes' time. So check that out. And um, more coverage coming today to Severe MMA. I promise. Pretty much interviewing anyone that'll talk to me. Extensive editing ahead for me, which uh, I'm not looking forward to too much. Share my and, articles. Share my articles, everyone. Share my articles. I put up a new one about Conor McGregor and the narrative of Conor the, the fight. Now share it. What did you think of Jeremy Botter's article? Shit. Terrible. It was the worst thing I've ever read. No, it was great. No, seriously, it was great. I got a chance to read it. He sent it over before he put it up. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Like, it's a great insight. What do you think of Connor reading the secret or not reading the secret? That, yeah, the brilliant. That, that, like, funny, it? caught me there. Like, the secret thing was brilliant. Best part of the story. So, well done to Jeremy. Go over at BleacherReport.com if you want to check it out. We had him on the uh, Hangout earlier on in the week. But until then, Sean, I will, uh, I will be talking throughout the day anyway. Because Sean has to be at his computer, receiving well, our WhatsApps, post this <laughs> video, it's done, Sean, we're in Vegas. He- I'm going out now anyway, I won't be around for like the next two hours, so you can fucking oh, bust yeah, Way off, get a 99 or something like that. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to chill, head down the strip in the shorts and uh, head over to the press conference. So thanks very much for watching. It's a different way of the podcast this week. AP3 is going to be uh, ripped from the YouTube video and uploaded onto our podcast server. So if you're able to watch it, if you're watching it now, and you get an update on your feed later on. Maybe you watched it live, or maybe you watched it on the website, the video replay. And it's not a separate episode that's on the podcast feed. It's just this episode ripped onto the podcast feed. So until then. See you next week.